Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Children of the sun, see your time has just begun. Searching for your ways through adventures every day, every day. This is a wrestling podcast, believe it or not. <laughs> it's not a podcast just about drug raged badgers. <laughs> and it, it's it's bad that you have to explain that. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to Chain Wrestling with Mags and Soy, wherever and whenever you may be listening. I am the kind of upbeat and chirpy today, Soy. I don't know why that is, but I've had a little bit extra sleep than normal, I'm not too sure, but I'm feeling in a very good mood. And with me, as always, he is the Colonel Robert Parker to my Colonel Sanders. He <laughs> is the Dr. Tom Pritchard to my Dr. Pepper. Yep. That's right, I'm going with fast food references today. Stick with it, it's good. Uh, a podcaster who says, you're wrong, USWA announcer Michael St. John. All the hottest action doesn't come from the Sportatorium. It comes from his website, buffburnleyblokes.com. Check it out, people. It's the podfather himself, Mr. Mags. How are we doing today, my friend? I'm actually going to check if Buff Burnley... Uh guys from Burnley is it an actual website uh, <laughs> you'll be shocked if it is uh yeah I'm doing uh doing really well it's a, like a bittersweet day today for me uh it's been good because uh my uh for long-term listeners of the show you'll know that I'm uh, entering the the world of being a whiskey connoisseur yep. I think I'm classy and uh I think I bring a, a an air of uh of je ne sais quoi to this show so yeah my uh delivery of of whiskies from around the world arrived today uh so got uh plenty to go out there uh but yeah also it was uh the f- the final episode of badlands dropping today a couple of a few days late because of our scheduling issues and stuff like that but yeah uh the nail is finally in that coffin uh i mean people in the know uh like yourself Simon, of 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 understood that this is has been done for a while but uh we've recording way in advance and 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 scheduling of episodes yeah today was the the last episode so yeah a little bit sad yeah i mean i listened to the the episode that came out today um this morning and i'll be honest with you it's it it, it kind of pulled me heartstrings a bit to be fair because i really liked um badlands I, I thought what you and tolly did for that show was fantastic the the subject the topics the the way it was structured everything about it i really really enjoyed that show and it was it was the first podcast i actually went on as a guest that and it kind of made me 
think, well, perhaps I could have a go at this myself. And then via that is how you and me got talking and you were incredibly supportive in getting me going in the sort of, I don't know how you were in a podcast world, I guess. Um, I, I probably wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for going on Badlands to just talk about, you know, my, my initial sort of stepping into the, the wrestling content creating world when I was writing articles and so on. So I feel that I owe Badlands podcast and Tolly and yourself for creating that and inviting me on a, a big thank you as well because it wouldn't I don't think I would have got started at all and that's that's not a story I think that is unique to just me I think there's plenty of people who were went on Badlands with yourself and Paul and also why we watch as well another great show that you did Mags that, that started people off and I think it also links it, these shows link to the community together as well I feel I mean I, I started following people on Twitter because they were guests on your show that I'd listened to. Uh, and I, I talk to these people now online that I probably wouldn't be aware of if it wasn't for, for your show sort of making those links and everything. So f- from my from my personal standpoint, not just as, I suppose, your chain wrestling co-host or not just as a former guest on Badlands or whatever, uh, as, as someone who's become a friend of yours through what mm-hmm. we do, I want to say thank you to you and Paul for that show and all the hours and hours and hours of entertainment it gave me and, and the hours and hours of entertainment it gave everybody else who listened. So, you know, to you guys, just thank you for everything with Badlands. You are absolutely more than welcome. And the thanks is should be extended to everybody who has ever been on the show, everyone who's ever listened to the show, uh, all the feedback, good and negative, because that's what made the show what it was. We, we were never... In the numbers game, we were never uh, kind of that uh, wanting to be the biggest stars in the podcasting world. It was never about the clout or about the the kind of adulation. It was about just having fun talking about this this stupid fake sport that we all love so much. Um, and I think we achieved that. We had a lot of fun. And and to your point about uh, um, guests catching the bug and and uh and and going out there and and creating for themselves that's for me that's one of the the most heartwarming things that that badlands ever did uh and and why we watch ever did it if 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 i in any small way played a part in people catching this content creating bug and getting their own voice out there and and doing uh something that they absolutely love i'm i'm all the happier for it it's a shame how the show had uh, had to end um but the the thing is it, it stuff like this happens every day podcasts drop drop by the wayside um by the day i mean i think i read a statistic that uh most podcasts won't get past episode 10 well, we did way over a hundred. We crossed multiple networks, and uh, we we formed a, a listener base that that still blows my mind today. I've always thought that I'm a clown from the north of England, and I was talking to a moron who pretended to be from Wales. Um, <laughs> so to have that kind of uh, that support and that love is yeah, it's, it's been mind blowing today. Um, but like I said. The, 
the the situation in wrestling uh, kind of really uh, disheartened Paul, and we always had this agreement where um, if one of us wasn't feeling uh, the show anymore, and we uh, we kind of want to step away. That we both would step away because it was our show uh, from the beginning, and it just wouldn't have felt right to to take it on solo or to um, to have another. Um, uh, another co-host because it was our baby at the end of the day uh, but yeah I'll have a lot of great memories from that show met a lot of great friendships from the show I mean yourself included we wouldn't be doing this show right now if you if you didn't um, agree to come on the on, on Badlands and why watch so exactly. I'm eternally grateful for stuff like that um, and yeah you know me I won't be able to stay out of the uh, the content creating uh, kind of bubble for long. I'll have my uh, fat little fingers in some pie before before long. And those images of you fingering a pie will be available <laughs> on buffburnyblokes.com. No doubt. <laughs> uh, but I mean, my week, Mags, is uh, it's same old, same old. Really, I got I got my part time job. I'm still I'm still doing. Thankfully, um, I was a bit poorly the one day, but nothing major. Charlie's been off school today. She's been a bit poorly, you know. But uh, yeah, we're 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 doing okay, mate. I watched um, Justice League the other day with a wife. Okay. The it's it's like a new cut. You have to play with me. I I don't watch any Marvel, DC, or anything. I know nothing about any of that. I literally sat and watched it because the wife wanted to watch it. And she was going to watch it on her own. I thought I'll sit down and watch it with you. It's this new Zach um something that something or other cut you know like an extended version Schneider. yeah yeah that sounds about right um i've never seen any of these films before but i thought i'll sit down with the missus and i'll watch it like cause she's you know massively into that so that's her thing like, like she watches enough crappy wrestling with me so i thought it was only fair you know um our bloody thing's four hours long max Daddy, yeah i believe so you know, I started, I started, I bought it up on the box, press play, and it said four minutes, four hours, 15 minutes or whatever in the corner. And I was like, I don't want to say nothing because obviously we sit and watch wrestling pay-per-views that are hours and hours long. But I'm sort of looking at the clock in the corner and I'm thinking, fucking hell, it's going to be dark by the time this is finished. You know, so, um, have you seen it? I haven't. And it's because I got so disillusioned with comic book movies. Because okay. there was there were so many coming at you um, from from all angles. I like. I mean, I watched like Suicide Squad. I uh, watched Deadpool. Uh, but I just with with the plethora of, of Marvel uh, movies coming out, and then DC trying to kind of follow the lead. And no uh, disrespect to anyone who's a huge fan of them. You do you. But I just got kind of bored of of comic book movies. So I I didn't see the original cut. Uh, I didn't see this cut. Um, it's on the kind of like I might, I might look it up uh, kind of list because I recently watched the Mortal Kombat one and that kind of like maybe dragged me back into that style of movie. But no, I've I've not actually seen this one. See, I don't watch a lot of films in general, to be fair. So the fact that I'm watching a film at all is quite a quite a surprise because if i got spare time i got, I got certain tv programs i try and work my way through or there's always wrestling i want to be watching whether it's for my own you know own enjoyment or for this show or for, for you know i got to watch insurrection tomorrow for a recording i'm doing for sjp with, with david eaton and all there's always something i need to be watching wrestling wise but no i sat down i, I watched the um i watched this film with the wife <sighs> I thought visually it's amazing. It looks great. 
mm-hmm. you know, all the sweeping camera angles, and it, it, it's incredible. But I mean, don't get me wrong, four hours was a bit of a slog. The last hour, I was thinking, is this the end now? Is this the end now? Is this the end now? Because it, it seems like after every fight scene, that was kind of it. And then something else would happen. I'd be like, okay, well, is this the end now? It was almost like it had like, you know, loads of false finishes, like the Steamboat Savage match of WrestleMania 3 or whatever, you know? And um, also, Superman's a bit of a dick. Okay, I know people like, I know he's like a hero and everyone, you know, he's, he's the good guy and all that. But he's a bit smarmy, isn't he? Have you seen this, this fella playing Superman? Yeah. Uh, is it Henry Cavill? I, I don't know. He's just like, I mean, Superman is a certain way, isn't he? He's got the black hair, the sort of, chiseled jaw and there's you know proper all-american you know features and all that sort of stuff but he just came across like a smarmy dick <laughs> you know and there's one moment in the film i'm not gonna go into it too much i don't want to give away any spoilers to yourself mags or anyone else who hasn't seen it but there's one moment in the film where basically superman's acting up because he's you know he's 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 been killed off in another movie and, and whatnot and then brought back and, and all this sort of stuff He's he's acting up a bit because he's been brought back from the dead, and you know I'm, I'm guessing that plays with your head a little bit. I, mean, I imagine. I mean, you watch Pet Cemetery; they, they don't come back right, do they? <laughs> right, so. the super- <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's the the look they were going for, but yeah, <laughs> right. So at one stage, everyone else, you know, um, Aquaman, um, who by the way needs to get some kind of um, tank top sponsorship from Primark or something like that. The amount of t-shirts he goes through in that movie is ridiculous. He might as well just stay topless for the whole film. Okay? Stop taking your shirt off and throwing it away because you're just costing yourself money, pal. You know? You must throw away 50 t-shirts in the space of this movie, right? <laughs> but Aquaman um, and the others, there's the, there's the Flash as well. He was quite a funny little chap and he, he, he cracked me up a bit. And um, uh, Wonder Woman, I'll, I'll tell you what, Four hours of looking at Wonder Woman. I didn't object to you mind Wonder Woman. She's a bit of a sort, isn't she? Fair play. Um, wow. Wonder, Wo- <laughs> Wonder Woman and all that. They're all fighting these these flying cricket monster jobbies. Um, and they keep getting their asses kicked. Superman, whilst all this is going on, they've gone to the effort of bringing him back to life, right? He stood off in a fucking cornfield, just staring at, staring at the sun and stuff like this. And then he has a little chat with some of his family and he's like proper dragging his heels about going to help him and stuff. And then when he arrives, obviously being Superman, he does what Superman does. He saves the day. Um, oh, that that sounds a lot like a, an allegory for the US in, in World War Two. Well, potentially, yeah, I suppose. That's a good historic reference there, Max, well done. <laughs> I think it shows who's the brains in this operation, doesn't it? When, I, when I'm likening Superman's resurrection to Pet Cemetery and describing Wonder Woman as a bit of a sort, and you're making a historical reference to World War II, it's... <laughs> um, but yeah, he, eventually he turns up and does what he does and all that. And then, like everyone's like, oh, Superman, you're amazing. And I'm looking at the others, I'm thinking, for three hours or so, they've been fighting these cricket bastards on their own and now they're thanking this dude who's just turned up and like it's effectively like you know a, a guy playing football the rest of the team run their socks off get the ball up to the goal line and this fucker turns up and just like rolls it in over the last inch and claims all the glory for himself yeah i was a bit like you smarmy bastard you smarmy caped bastard you know <laughs> I didn't like Superman. Superman's a bit of a dick, I think. <laughs> so from that, I'm I'm suggesting that you don't think America saved the day in World War Two, and you just think that the Americans are a bunch of smarmy bastards. Is that what I'm hearing? 
Not all Americans. <laughs> not all Americans. Wow. <laughs> not all Americans. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know loads and loads of Americans, and but the Americans I do know, most of them are saints. I mean, we've got Americans who listen to this show. They, they all come across as non-swami. I, I doubt any of them wear capes. I don't know, but it's. <laughs> this sounds like Simon's "you people" uh, comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get cancelled, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, shall we have a little look at some of these friends of ours that may or may not wear capes, Mags, and have a look at the things they've been sending us this week? Let's do that. Okie doke. This week we asked for your favourite um memories or program or memories of kids tv programs your favorite tv shows from when you were younger whether it was really obscure cartoons that you watched over and over again or the the more 80s i suppose the term now is live action isn't it as opposed to animated mm-hmm. sort of programs like the a team or night rider or wherever or whatever um we had an absolutely storming amount of responses max it was incredible Good job we've only got a 10-minute wrestling match to talk about because uh, yeah. this is definitely going to be the filler for the episode, guys. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. If you don't <laughs> want to hear about Battlestar Galactica, turn off now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, nobody brought up Battlestar Galactica, which makes me a bit sad. But there we go. Um, yeah, there were mentions of cartoons that I totally forgot existed. But as soon as they were mentioned on, on the Twitter timeline, at chain underscore wrestling... I had the theme tune stuck in my head and it wouldn't go away all day and all that sort of stuff, you know? So it was a real brilliant trip down memory lane. Um, I've got a f- quite a few here and I'll, I'll do as I normally do magazine. I'll, I'll run through them in the order they arrived to us. Um, occasionally people have sent us lists. I'll just nail through those as quickly as I can. Um, and then see if we can remember any ourselves or if we agree that they were brilliant or if we hated them or, or whatever, shall we? Let's, let's do it. Okay, um, straight off the bat, our good friend Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin Twenty One, um, biker mice from Mars. Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely, it wasn't a show that I was particularly bothered about, uh, but I do remember him being like green mass, like rocker style uh, on on motorbikes, essentially. But yeah, it was not one I was a, a huge fan of. Now, I remember Boy Come from Mars. He says here as well, Dan, uh, thanks again, Dan, for, for messaging in, that he found an old action figure in his shed a couple of months ago. Um, that's that sort of thing's great, isn't it, when you find like old toys of yours or whatever from back in the day or if any have survived. I mean, I've only got literally a couple of bits and bobs from, from when I was a kid. Most of the stuff got handed down for other people and destroyed, but <laughs> my little brother like trashed a lot of things that I had, but... Yeah, imagine finding a biker moist from Mars in the shed. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, um, uh, some, of my, some of my old wrestling figures have been handed down to my lads, and uh, they absolutely love them. Uh, yeah. They won't they power them. Yeah, that's it. My, my wrestling figures went from me to my kid brother, from my kid brother to my nephew, and then from my nephew to... Where did they go after that? Out oh, to my son, and then down to my youngest daughter, now. Oh, um, that's cool. And, like a family heirloom. 
Well, yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, they're they're in a bit of a state now. Some of them. I mean, Macho Man Randy Savage is missing a couple of fingers and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, they're basically in in a bag behind the sofa because my daughter plays with all her AEW figures now, mm-hmm. and I've shown her these old, you know, nineteen ninety figures with like, as we mentioned before, Arn Anderson's ass being worn off and stuff like that. It's um, she's not really that interested. She's got her AEW figures that look all flashy and clever. The ones I've got don't really move. So <laughs> they're nowhere near as cool, you know? <laughs> um, at UTT Rob, the mysterious cities of gold. And oh. he also had one of the best TV theme tunes of all time. Now, this is one of the ones, Mags, that I completely forgot existed. I as soon as I read Same. that, I was like, oh, why? It, it was, I don't even think I watched the end so i can't remember how the 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 show finishes but i remember being an avid watcher of it every time it come on that's a banging shout rob mm, yeah I and mean, what i imagine will happen is we'll end up hearing some of these these theme tunes to these cartoons at some point in this episode even maybe as we're talking now because it depends how how much effort i want to put in tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> um the Macho Beard at Macho Beard for Life. He said that he loved Knight Rider, and he sent me a picture of the Knight Rider toy car he had. And oh, cool. it, it's a cool image. I mean, I'll, I'll retweet it so everyone can have a look when the episode comes out. Um, Michael Knight stepping into the car doesn't look so cool. He looks a bit scary. He's a bit, a bit creepy looking there. Um, this one, I, I do not remember at all. Uh, Will on Twitter at Will added digits uh, Samurai Pizza Cats and he says hardly anyone remembers it but he's 100% sure his brain didn't make it up Will somebody please cue that boy Samurai Pizza Cats Oh yeah Who do you call when you want some pepperoni Samurai Pizza Cats Right on They're stepping up crime and you know that ain't baloney They're speedy ceviche He's the it's ringing a bell for me i didn't uh look it up afterwards but i'm sure that had a, a snazzy theme tune as well um yeah I, I very vaguely remember again it's not one that was massively in my rotation um but yeah i, I do i don't think it was on for that long as well um but yeah um I might have to go back and, and kind of like look that one up. I'm having a look now because I did actually Google this when the, when he first tweeted in. 1990 Samurai Pizza Cats one season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, three cybernetic cats who run a pizza parlor in Little Tokyo. Moonlight as heroes to protect the city from the power hungry rat Big Cheese. Moonlight. <laughs> three cats run a pizza parlor to moonlight as superheroes that just tells you everything about um kids tv shows that you need to know yeah it's great isn't it uh, and, and they got to protect the city from the rat big cheese and his minions amazing really, really nice. <laughs> um seven deadly one on twitter uh they sent in a few images for us here swat cats the Radical Squadron. I don't really know what that is. Um, never heard of SWAT Cats. Was this was the Radical Squadron the second one? I've never. No, heard that was that was like a, a sort of secondary title of SWAT Cats. Nope, not one I've ever heard of. 
No, normally. I'm going to spend in this evening watching old cartoons. I can just see yeah. this coming. <laughs> yeah. It's what my YouTube playlist is going to be full of for the next few days. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. Bucky O'Hare. Do you remember Bucky O'Hare? The Rabbit. I yeah. certainly do. That was a, that's a good shout. Yeah, Bucky O'Hare, that's amazing. Um, Clive from Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. The Real Ghostbusters. And he says, The Real Ghostbusters is greater than any turtle cartoon every day of the world. Mm, that's a stretch. I would not. Yeah, the, I, I mean, The Real Go- Ghostbusters is good, but the original Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, nah, you can't top that. I had, um, I think, it, was it was it The Real Ghostbusters would be shown on like a Tuesday? And Turtles was on like a Wednesday or something like that. And it was like the highlight of my week, those two shows. I, I loved them. And um, I had the Turtles uh, computer game on the old NES computer, you know, like the, okay. Ninten- the Nintendo before the Super Nintendo, if that makes sense. The sort of blocky grey one. Yep. Yeah, that was such a good game, man. I loved that so much. I'd, I'd play that now still if I could get hold of it. Like, that was so good. Real Ghostbusters, yeah. though. That was so like, cool. Yeah. I'm, surp- I'm surprised that Cloud didn't go for Supergram. Supergram. <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell, Supergram. I think that scared me for a little bit when I was really little. I think I was scared <laughs> of her. But then as I got older, I started watching it and it was all right. She was a hard grandma. Mm. Yeah. Scary lady. Scary lady. <laughs> um, five Nerds Go at Five Nerds Go on Twitter. We have a bit of a list here. Funhouse. Oh, yeah. With the twins and the go-karts. Yeah. Fantastic. Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. I met Pat Sharp once, Bugs. I bet that was fun. It was I was working in the car parks for a national car park company. Um I was trying my best not to name them then, but I've just given you the freaking name of the company, National Car Parks. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the biggest car park company in Britain. Yeah, the, the national car park company as well. Yeah. And um he was I don't I don't know if he was DJing at a radio station there, because a lot of the people from the radio station used the car park I was in. Mm-hmm. And they buzzed the thingy because there was a problem. I walked out and he wound his window down and went, all right, mate, you let me out. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I let him out. And then afterwards I was like, ah, oh, that was Pat Sharp. But yeah, that was it. Did he still have the, the mullet though? No, this this is this is oh. post-manet, mate. This is post-manet. This is a... It's not, uh, it's not as valuable a story then, unfortunately. No, nah, it's almost like a fake Pat Sharp, isn't it? <laughs> like the unmelted Pat, Pat Sharp is an impossible. Pat Blunt. <laughs> yeah um five nerds go continue with rosie and jim do you remember that mags i certainly do oh, chugging my... along on the old ragdoll that's it yeah my sister used to watch that loads um 50 50 i don't know what that is mm, yeah uh, that might be something needs looking upon but i don't remember it no nah. tots tv i thought that was a tv station as opposed to a show no, it was three little top puppets. Was it? Oh, yeah. these! Well, they have like the green hair and the pink hair and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, one of them uh, spoke French. 
One of them's I'm a top, just reason top, Tilly Tom and Tiny. Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> um, get your own back. That's when you used to like gunge the adults, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Was that uh, Dave Benson Phillips? Yeah, whatever happened to him? Uh, I, I went on a, a Five Nerds Go episode uh, quite a while ago now, and he was uh, actually training to, to wrestle. I think he did a wrestling match. I thought, I thought you were going to say <laughs> you went on an episode of Five Nerds Go and, and, he Dave, was ben, on it. <laughs> and Dave Benson Phillips was actually training to be a guest. <laughs> uh, we um, we spent a long time actually on him because one of the people on Five Nerds, I think it was uh, Mark, uh, he, he was talking about like, training with Dave Benson Phillips uh, for, his, for his wrestling match. And I wrongly assumed it was the guy who used to say a wooga a lot. Do you know John Fashner. John Fashner, yeah. So I was saying, did you get him to say a wooga? And they were all laughing. Right? So I thought, oh, I've done a funny year. But they were laughing at me because I was thinking he was something totally different. <laughs> so you thought Dave Benson Phillips hosted Gladiators. I did. And, and, play, and played up front for FC Wimbledon in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Moomins. I remember the Moomins. Well, they're uh, like the hippo-looking yeah. monstrosities. Yeah, really odd looking fucking yeah. white things, weren't they? Um tweeners, I bloody hated the tweeners. Yeah, they they whoever came up with that show had too much LSD. Mm. Rain the Twist. Oh, that was amazing. I used to love Rain the Twist. That had a banging theme tune. Do you remember that one? Yep. Have you ever ever felt like this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was the Australian one, weren't it? I'm sure it was. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good job. Miami Seven because Maggle loves S Club. Is that what I'm, I'm sure because of? Is that an S Club Seven show? Like I based around the show. I mean, I don't know why he thinks I like S Club Seven. I uh, have no idea. Matt, you, I think you need to stay away from the crack. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, any shows like that, kind of like built around pop stars, didn't really bother me that much. Um, Bodger and Badger. Now, that was a good oh, one. I'd, I'd watch that today. Yeah. That's quality. I looked, I, I, when I read that, I, I actually went online again and looked up Bodger and Badger to see how, how long it ran for because I remember it being on when I was little. I also remember it being on when my kid brother was little, and he's quite a bit younger than me. So I was sort of like, how, how long did this run for? And when I looked at that, mate, I realised that Bodger's dead. What? Sam and Bodger? Yeah. Wow. He so, died a couple of years back from cancer. And the, and someone else has taken over the Bodger mantle? No, it's just, they just don't make it no more. Oh, what an absolute shame. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, I'm bringing the, uh, the, the mood down there. Well, I just thought I'd share that horrific news for everyone, you know. <laughs> I mean, but, I did not know, so that, that's sad. Oh, what a shame. Yeah, shot. I didn't know either. And then... Who's looking after Badger now, then? Well, this is this is how my mind works. I know Badger was obviously not a real Badger. I don't want to shatter any illusions to anyone there, okay? I think it's but, the goggle, 
Goggle is stuck on ours that give it away. Yeah, yeah. But I did start looking at how long the badgers live for and stuff. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just because I was curious then. Oh, you absolute nerd. <laughs> no, a honey badger, mags can live for 24 years. And, and, and they're not technically badgers, though, are they? They're more like, animal, like crazy wild animals in badger form. Hmm, okay. But in the UK, apparently, you're at the average badger in the UK lives a maximum of 15 years, right? Now, Bodger and Badger ran for 10 years. That means this guy, this badger, he gave two-thirds of his life to entertaining us. I reckon that's and he, he had a, he's had a good run mm. if, he's, if he has passed away to, to the big badger hall in the sky. Yeah. Or set, is it a set? Badger den in the sky. Okay. Well, how would that work? Because if it's a set or a den, you dig a hole for that, don't you? Which I have no idea. Back. Just where badgers live, but in heaven. <laughs> the area of, of badger heaven. I, I, feel I mean, he might have been a wanker backstage. I mean, it, did, it was a twat on the shore throwing mashed potato everywhere, so he might have gone to the depths of badger hell. Who knows? Yeah, potentially. I mean, he did have a little bit of a rage thing going on, didn't he? Chucking stuff about yeah. and all that. Yeah, he was a naughty little badger. Mm-hmm. I, I reckon maybe he had some substance issues there and he had like, you know, issues going on with, with that. You know, you hear about these rock stars having anger problems and so on. Because maybe uh, Simon Budger sparked his mashed potatoes. You never know. Oh, oh man. Okay. Um, this is Trey <laughs> Wrestling. Went, that went <laughs> in a very weird tangent. <laughs> This is a wrestling podcast, believe it or not. <laughs> it's not a podcast just about um, drug-raged badgers. <laughs> and it, it's, it's bad that you have to explain that. Yeah. <laughs> um, X-Men, the animated series. Has oh, come that was a good show. That is a good show. I've never seen it. What? Oh, that's that's a cartoon for you to 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 try and get your hands on. That was that was a good shout. Gambit in that was a brilliant character. I imagine my wife's in it because she's mad on the X Men and all that sort of stuff. So I'll have to look that out. Yeah. Um, Handy T One T F in the states messaging in saying that there was a show he really enjoyed when he was younger called Mulligan's Stew. Um, I've looked that up and that's a little bit before my time. I'm not sure if we got it over here, did we, Mags? I have never, it's it's not even one that I can vaguely remember. Uh, so no, I've, I've not heard of it. I gather it was like a, a sort of family living together and the sort of as, issues as that families tend to do. Yeah, yeah, mostly, yeah. Indeed. Um, at Chad's underscore mind, a message here from Chad. He's got a few for us. SWAT cats again, Radical Squadron. So that's the second suggestion of that, and I, I don't know what that is. It's obviously one we need to be looking up. That can be our, that can be our research. For this. In fact, let's not bother watching wrestling this week, Mags. We'll, we'll just go watch cover so the SWAT cats <laughs> and pull back. <laughs> um, Darkwing Duck, that doesn't ring a bell either. Yeah, it was... Uh... It was kind of in the same vein as DuckTales. I think it was okay. actually... Uh, I think that there's an idiot character on on uh, DuckTales who's the the pal. I think it's his kind of superhero character. I might be totally wrong. Uh, I wasn't a, a massive watcher of it, but I have heard of it. So basically, it, it's what you think it might be, 
or you might be totally wrong. It's what you say. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I know of it. I'm just yeah. just saying I know of of the, I've heard of Darkwing Duck. <laughs> okay, dope. Um, more sites for Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles or Ninja Turtles. Hero. Uh, yeah. Hero Turtles over here in the UK because Ninja was a bad word oh, in, that's in right. the early 90s. It was. It was. I mean, bearing in mind in the early 90s, you had stuff like Nine and a Half Weeks and Basic Instinct on ITV, but we weren't allowed to say Ninja, you know? <laughs> um, new Adventures of Ghostbusters again. Um, Angry Beavers, which I'm not 100% sure what that is, but I am intrigued. I'm not sure I'm going to type into Google, though. And is that not like a, a game? Like well, a, on your phone? Well, it's Angry Birds, isn't it? All oh, right, okay. Um, Angry Birds, the game? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, right, yeah, I know. I've, I have seen this show. It's um, it's in a very American-style one. Um, not one of my favourites, but there we go. <laughs> uh, Jelly Pickle J, at Jelly Pickle J on Twitter. This is my childhood in four picks, and he again puts forward the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Thundercats? Oh, yes! Blood. What oh, a shout! I had, what? like, the plastic sword that if you press the button, the red bit in the middle lit up. Yes, same. I love that sword. So cool. My bro- my, my kid, sorry, my son, on the topic of, you know, plastic swords, he's into his Star Wars and all that. Um, and then again, it, it, he's got a part-time job. It's his money, whatever. He's turning around to me and going, oh, we're we going to this music festival. We need to save a bit of money and all this, that, the other. Dad, can you find me a decent tent that's cheap? I'm trying to save a few quid. And then he turns up here the other day to visit. He spent £120 on a plastic fucking sword from Star Wars. Wow. I mean, on a plastic sword. To be fair, I've got a collection of uh, replica swords, so I can see the appeal. Uh, mm. But, yeah, when you, you, it needs to get its priorities straight. If he wants a tent, then surely the sword has to go by the wayside. Wow, yeah. And then the bugger went back to his girlfriend's, which is where he's living at the moment, and left it here anyway, the prat. But there we go. <laughs> and, and you've been swinging it around, pretending you're in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. That's how you rat. Press- press this button it makes the noise that was wrong it lights up so you go out in the dark i mean i got a fielder opposite my house i'm just running around the field with this big plastic sword fantastic it's brilliant <laughs> off my tits on mashed potato just running around with this plastic sword <laughs> um mgb graham uh oh yeah dog tanyan and the three masker hounds oh woof 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 hounds are always ready woof 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 helping everybody yeah that was a banging shot uh, that's great stuff uh ulysses 2149 or some year he's put here in brackets don't know Ooh. that it's another one that kind of um kind of like I, I vaguely remember it, so I think it's Ulysses 31. Okay. Um, yeah, I, there was a blue girl in it. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, not one that I'm, I massively can like, say that I was I was that bothered about, but it was one that it was a cartoon in the in the uh, mid 80s, so I would happily watch it. There was a blue girl in it. 
Yeah, they were like this. Uh, was this she like really of... rude, or actually just blue? No, her skin were blue. Right, okay. <laughs> a little girl. It was like okay. a, it was like this, just a, a family that floating around in space, essentially. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was blue. <laughs> yeah, well, well, she genuinely had blue skin. Um, what we got here? Rent a ghost. Yeah, uh, one that gets a lot of love, but it was not one that I was particularly bothered about. See, I don't think I've ever seen it. I've, I've seen like um, you know, like you have those countdowns of like all the the, the favorite mm-hmm. kids shows of the UK or whatever, and. So I've seen maybe a clip of it on there when other people are talking about how much they love it. But I, I don't know. Is when was Rent a Ghost out? Was it was it a bit before our time? Was it is is Graham a touch older than us? I don't know. Uh, Graham is a little bit older. Than us. Yeah, I think it was like around my time. Um, oh, so yeah, it's not that much older than me. It started in the seventh late seventies and ended in like um, November eighty four, apparently. Um, but yeah, it was never one that was on my radar, I suppose. No, I don't really remember it. But again, you, see, you hear so many people talking about it, don't you? But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Grange Hill, bloody hell. Oh, wow. Just say no to drugs, people. Yeah. El Zamo will come round and, and chin you. <laughs> oh, man. Have you seen the documentaries about getting, the, getting them back together, all the actors and, and Grange Hill? Oh, that was quite good because a lot of them I, hate each other. <laughs> I saw um, Zamo rocked up in EastEnders for a little while. Oh, did uh, he? For a couple of episodes. Uh, or playing the same character? No, it, well, what? Trying to shift some drugs on onto like Mick Carter or something? No, yeah, trying, to uh, flog, <laughs> trying to flog a doctor. I think he played. I, I want to say he played a postman. Um, no, it was just like, like a little bit of a. a a callback, I suppose, to his acting days. Right. Okay. Um, Jeffrey Wells on Twitter. Uh, this and Airwolf seem to be my obscure ones, and he's got sent a picture here of Johnny Socko and his flying robot. I have got no idea what that is. I have not heard of that. Uh, let's have a quick look of the old. <sighs> yeah, I have not even seen anything like that. Uh, looks a bit... It looks like Doctor Who-ish. Yeah, I was just going to say it looks very much like a, a Doctor Who-style programme. Uh, it's from the, the mid-60s, so, yeah, looks a, a bit batty. Mm. Uh, oh, pr- oh. Production company, the, the toy company, so it was definitely to sell toys. Right, okay. Uh, Airwolf, though, Mags, that was awesome, wasn't it? You know, I remember watching Airwolf, but I don't remember the plot or kind of like the storyline. I just remember it was like a fixture of like Sunday TV for us. I remember when I was old enough to get like my first mobile phone and you used to be able to type in on, you go to a certain bit of your phone. Uh, and this is going to blow, if any of their own children listening, um, first of all, go tell your parents what you're listening to. You should not be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> and those parents should be ashamed of themselves. But if you, if there are any children, listen, this is going to blow your mind because our phones back in the day didn't have access to millions of different ringtones or even being able to play a proper song for you. You'd have literally ring ring or a series of beeps. Yep. And my one phone I had, you could type in your own series of beeps. So the buttons one through to nine with the star and all that sort of stuff would be different sounding beeps, depending on how long you press them for. Um, and you'd be able to get these 
codes out of a magazine that would tell you what to type into your phone to make a certain song. Mm-hmm. And I typed it in and it took me what felt like, you know, all afternoon I typed in the code after paying whatever I had to pay to get it um, for the theme tune to Airwolf on my phone. And it took me bloody ages. And it was, I, I imagine in my head it was really expensive, but I can't remember. Um, and I took ages to type it in. And I was so happy that when somebody rang me, it literally went, and then you just started over again (laughs) and you wouldn't answer it because you wanted to listen to it yeah or you you get your mates to uh ring my phone uh just to show off your new ringtone yeah and then your battery would die because the batteries are crap back then yeah and and you couldn't get a phone call for real because you just want to keep listening to your ringtone that you typed in and your screen was green yeah and you only had like on this BT Soundnet phone I had, you could only have 10 contacts. So if you made like an 11th friend, you were fucked. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is that is going back in the day. Jesus. You know, you could, I literally have 10 contacts. That was mad. I mean, oh. my, my first phone was even pre-snake days. Why? Mm-hmm. It didn't come with any games whatsoever. See, I don't think that one did, that first BT one I had. It, it was huge. And it looked a kind of, the screen was like a calculator screen, just a little strip. The phone yeah. itself was just a big mass of plastic. And then you had an aerial that was that it pulled out that was as long as the phone itself. Yeah. 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 God, they were terrible, weren't they? <laughs> these, these young pups nowadays just don't know how easy they've got it. Yeah, my daughter's been watching bloody TV on her phone this afternoon. They've got no clue. <laughs> um, at Carrie the Gary on twitter uh, another shout out for ninja turtles he has mm-hmm. spider-man and x-men and knight rider and 60s batman as well i remember 60s batman with yes. the old wonky camera angles in the bad guys lair and the thwack yeah wang yeah yep. the definitive so. batman for me and jason and the wheeled warriors was his last yes edition. i'm so that. glad that it's got a shout out this was brilliant i used to love this show Thundering across the stars to save the universe from the monster minds. Jay searches for his father to unite the magic root and lead his lightning league to victory over the changing form of Saw Boss. Absolutely fantastic, that was. Um... Our good buddy Benny Mac at B E Triple N Y Mac on Twitter. Another shout out for Airwolf, and he sent us a lovely picture of them all wearing the overalls they used to wear. God, the 80s were a tough, tough time, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is effectively it for that, mate. Oh, hang on, no, sorry. I have one more here from Chris Mangle at Mangle Chris, um, at Mangle underscore Chris, sorry, on Twitter. Uh, Kissifer. Now the name rings a bell, but I don't remember the show. Mm, yeah, Kissifer. Ah, I, I vaguely remember it. I, I couldn't tell you anything about it, uh, but yeah, I do remember that. Uh, the raccoons. I hated the raccoons. Oh I... no, I loved the raccoon. Snarl the raccoon was absolutely amazing. Oh mate, I hated it so much. Um. Masters of the Universe, and he says he had loads of the figures. And how how has it taken this long to get a 
uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe uh, this shout is out. This is literally the last one, mate. This is the last one we've got. This, this Ridiculous. List from, That's a good shout. This list from Mr. Mango. Uh, not, well, this list from Chris Mango, not Joe Mango from Neighbours. That, that's a different <laughs> Mr. Mango. This is this Chris Mango on Twitter. You today are our favourite listener for bringing yeah. up He-Man. Mr. of the that, Week. That. Yeah, exactly. And I had the Castle Grayskull toy as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I had like this, this weird skeleton dude who not skeletal, I know that is of course. This like it was like a a big skeleton dinosaur thing and you'd fit the figures into the ribs. So like the ribs would click around the waist of the the figures and then all their weapons, their little swords and uh staffs and shields and whatnot would go in its mouth. Can you remember that one, Max? No, I don't. In the castle. No, not in the castle. It was like a, another one that you'd get. I and think it was it, on He Man. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was on the program, but it was a toy you could get. Okay. Or if I just um, make this up? No, I mean they brought out some very loosely affiliated ties to the the programs that they were on. Um, but yeah, I've, I don't remember that toy. I remember having a couple of E-Man figures. They had um, the the bloke who had different faces. Oh he, yeah, and you used to spin it round. You used to turn the top, yeah, and they'd have like a, an angry face or an happy face, stuff like that. Um, and obviously, I had a, a He-Man uh, and a, a, a Battle Cat as well. Yeah, Battle Cat. Oh man, that was such a good show. Such a good show. My little girl, when she was really little, went for a spell of watching all that back. Oh, um, and I was, I was, I was so happy that she was into it. And I watched two or three, and I thought, I got to go do something else. I can't watch any more of this because <laughs> it's, like, it's all like with anything. It's like it's never as good as you remember it, is it? You know. Um, and the last one for today from Twitter, we have the Terror Hawks. Do you remember those? Again, it's one that the name rings a bell. Uh, it, but let me just have a quick Google. Uh, the oh yeah, the wrinkly faced uh, baddies do do um, do ring a bell. But I don't. I couldn't again. It's, I couldn't tell you what the show is actually about. Yeah, see, the, the the woman, this is going to be sound a bit mean, but I'm going to say it anyway. The woman who it was the bad in Terrorhawks, if anyone's listening to this show, uh, right now, when we finish or whatever, Google Terrorhawks, okay? Um, look at the image of the, the, the bad person, the, the bad guy. She's got quite a big nose and a pointy chin, black all around her eyes and big, scary blonde hair and whatnot. I thought she was always the spitting image of... Um, the woman in EastEnders. Was it Shirley? Oh, that is a shout. Do you know what I mean? She <laughs> yeah. was, was she in Cell Block H as well? Yeah, that is an absolute shout. Oh, wow. She does yeah. look like, she looks like a now. Yeah, but that's the thing. I, I, I could remember that Shirley in EastEnders looked like a character from, um, from a kid's TV show, but I could never remember what TV show it was. And it was only like about, I don't know, six months, a year ago, maybe it popped in my head, but I've been talking to my wife about this, this character for God knows how long. And she looks like that thing out of that TV show. And my wife was just like, Oh, shut up. You get on my nerves. Now. <laughs> this went on for ages. And then completely at random, it popped in my head. And I ended up running downstairs into the front room and just shouting terror Hawks at my wife, who I got no context at all about what I was thinking about or what was in my head. But yeah, it is, isn't it? She looks yeah. just like the thing out of terror Hawks. She does. 
aren't we great? Eh? We're a lovely bunch. <laughs> um, is there any you, you want to add to that there, Mags? Yeah, and this actually, I'm quite disappointed with uh, with with the the, the listeners for not bringing up a, a few. So uh, I'll mention Trapdoor. Oh uh, yeah! Don't you open that trapdoor? Somewhere in the dark and nasty regions where nobody goes stands an ancient castle. Deep within this dank and uninviting place lives Burke. Hello! Overworked servant of the thing upstairs. Burke, feed me! But that's nothing compared to the horrors that lurk beneath the trap door. For there is always something down there. In the dark waiting to come out. Don't you open that trap door? You're a fool if you dare. Stay away from that trap door. Cause there's something down there. Uh, that, that was a good one. Very claymation uh, in style. Uh, then there was Mask. Uh, I don't know if you remember Mask. Yeah, I had... um. I had like the the red car. I, I, I had the black kind of like SUV that uh, the side popped out, and I had the put the the motorbike that turned into a helicopter. Oh, that was amazing! I always wanted that motorbike. <laughs> oh, I'm well jealous now. <laughs> I had that. So then um, I can't believe there's been no love for uh, Generation One of Transformers. Um, that's arguably the best uh, cartoon that's ever been created. I think somebody might have said Transformers, and I just didn't read it out to be honest. Yeah, that that is a one that I love for that show that I have passed down to my boys uh, to the point where uh, for for one Christmas, Carlos, my youngest, he wanted uh, a box set of of all the Transformer uh, Generation One episodes uh, on DVD. So. Uh, they didn't actually do them in, in the UK. You could get like where they'd have like, you know, where you get parts of a box set, so you end up having to collect like, say, six to 12 different parts. But to get them all in one box set, we actually got it from Japan. Um, and it came like in a tin with uh, like the original soundtrack on, on discs and a lot of artwork and, and cats, loads and loads of little goodies. Like that. It cost like about 250 quid, but it was well worth getting hold of. That um, sounds awesome. It absolutely is, and is. I think we've only watched through them like together once because it's one of those things where he'll, yep, that's getting put away now because it's too nice to have. Yeah, (laughs) I know what you mean. And then the last one, uh, one of my favourite shows, and it's one that uh, I used to be able to go back and watch on uh, YouTube, but unfortunately the. the, the the douchebags that they are, the episodes have all been removed because of this stupid thing called copyright. Um, mm. Nightmare. Oh, yeah, the way, where they're walking through the computer-generated maze and stuff. Yes. That, yeah, that, that was amazing. That was brilliant. I love that show. Oh, yeah. I always so wanted good. to go on it. Yeah, and me. Mm. I mean, did you ever see anyone win it? Yeah, the, uh, there's been eight winners in total. Uh, I think it, no one won till like the third season. Then, like in the once it got to like the the fourth season onwards, you used to get uh, a, a few more winning it. They made it a little bit easier, introduced like more characters. But yeah, it was a brilliant show. 
Yeah, that was great. Do you remember um, the computer game? Well, not computer game, the game um, Atmosphere. Yeah. That was, that was, I don't know, it's not the same in any way, shape or form, but I, I kind of link Nightmare and Atmosphere together mm-hmm. in my head quite a bit because it felt a similar sort of thing, you know? Yeah, the, the only problem I ever had with Atmosphere was it, it felt rushed because you're obviously playing alongside a, a video mm. uh, and you basically have to be quick with your moves or or you, you kind of had to pause the video, which kind of takes you out of it. But yeah, I, I get what you mean with, with like that kind of interactive kind of uh, video style of game. Yeah. Oh, Nightmare was amazing. I, I, I don't really think there's any that have been missed there for me, Mags. Real Ghostbusters and Turtles were massive for me when I was a kid. I mean, we could go like Penny Crayon. Penny um, Crayon. Oh, my. Oh, Raggy Dolls as well. Raggy Dolls, Poddington Peas. Poddington Peas, down in the bottom of the garden. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, that why? A, that was a banger. Quantum Leap was always my favourite, and Doctor Who when I was a kid. The, like, uh, yeah, Quantum Leap was something that I was into for a little while, and then kind of like dropped off. Uh, but I don't think they ever did an ending for that, did they? It, I'm going to get proper geeky now. Um, it was the end of season five. They filmed an episode where... They basically had a way of making Sam continue to leap, and there was going to be a follow-on in the next season for that. But it was also it was also left in a way that because it basically got cancelled, that they could just put a frame up at the end of the show saying Doctor Sam Beckett never returned home. Um, so it was kind of left open with him still leaping around and stuff. But that last episode, oh man, that gets me right in the feels every time. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I loved it so much. I really, I, I, I adored Quantum Leap. Everything about it. It's one of my favorite programs of all time. And then when I finally got to see that last episode, and you see Sam never got home, and the build up all the way through that episode of um, would he go home or would he? He was basically allowed to leap to one particular place of his choosing, and he could go home or he could help Al get back with his first wife, and he chose to go and help Al, and it was just like the all the build up, all the build up, and then that frame comes up at the end the black screen and it says al never remarried he and beth ended up with six kids and they're still together now and then it came up um with more writing behind that saying dr sam beckett never returned home so oh man i'm gonna well up now <laughs> al the selfish douchebag oh mate oh. Um, another one kind of on the same vein that you we didn't get a proper definitive ending um dungeons and dragons i remember yeah. that being a really good show dungeons and dragons yeah i'll tell you what i've missed a couple out reading through twitter today and if i've missed yours i really do apologize because i know somebody said transformers and i know somebody said dungeons and dragons so i really do apologize to those people um for, for missing their for this in their tweets that's totally on me but yeah dungeons and dragons yeah they, they never managed to finish that did they yeah that, that same kind of thing as as quantum league where the show got cancelled before they um they they filmed the final episode and i, re- I remember watching a documentary with uh the the creators and they've got all the storyboards and how the 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 last episode was going to pan out but they were never able to to kind of like animate it and and put it out oh that's a shame yeah yeah and like i said uh along with quantum leap doctor who was a big one for me i love doctor who even to this day but back then sylvester mccoy was a doctor when i was a kid okay up until when did it stop 80 89 i think i can remember I can remember Peter Davidson, but I must have been very little. I'm talking like five or six. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then obviously Colin Baker was doctor for a really short period, but I don't remember any of that. But Sylvester McCoy, I remember being the doctor, and I had nightmares for God knows how long about the Cybermen to the point where my mum, even now, in, well, back then in my late thirties, still finds it funny and actually bought me a Cyberman action figure for Christmas one year, <laughs> thinking <laughs> she was thinking she was like the funniest lady on the planet. <laughs> and, and- and she was. She was absolutely correct in that assumption. Yeah, I opened it up and it did make me laugh and then I had to hide on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and actually, to link to that, I've got some... Um, and it, it's not really a link, but I've got like uh, Bluetooth headphones because obviously I, I listen to a lot of uh, music and podcasts uh, during the, the working day. And one pair lights up blue, uh, like a blue ring in them, and one pair lights up red. So I've actually named them in my phone uh, to to distinguish between them, um, good Cyberman and evil Cyberman. <laughs> There's no such thing as a good Cyberman. No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, that's quite cool. <laughs> ah, shall we talk some wrestling, Mags? I mean, we're an hour in. It's about bloody time, I think. Hello, brother. This is NWA WCW Enhancement Talent, Randy Hogan, baby. Being in the ring with the Road Warriors, Vader, Abdul the Butcher, Midnight Express and all them guys. Let me tell you, it was dang rough. But not as rough as listening to Cyan Mags on that chain wrestling show, brother. What you gonna do when this pair of fools, Cyan Mags and chain wrestling, brother, runs wild on you? This week, we went to the Global Wrestling Federation um, and a show of theirs on the WWE Network that I'm guessing was associated with the USWA. It was all under that banner in Texas around that sort of time, Dallas, sorry, around that sort of time, wasn't it? Um, I thought it was really, really nice that we weren't going to watch something from the WWE again, because mm-hmm. I feel we've watched a lot of WWE. And obviously there's a lot of wrestling out there for the WWE, a lot of great stuff that we can enjoy, a lot of rubbish stuff we can laugh at, um, which again, I suppose is the beauty of this show, Max, isn't it? But um, I thought it was nice to be traveling somewhere that we haven't been before. Um, I literally picked this match completely at random. It won the poll. And then when I came to watch it, I saw it was only 10 minutes long and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but, but you you're absolutely right i mean it, it's all uh it's fun when you're revisiting stuff that you've already seen and you can kind of like uh recall the storyline behind it and how we got to that match uh but it's also good to see something fresh and something that you have absolutely no context about so you don't have any kind of like um bias from how you remember the show you don't have any kind of bias towards who was the good guys and the bad guys stuff like that uh you just can watch it as as essentially as a a new a new uh match that you've never seen before uh that's that's kind of like the vibe i got from this pick yeah yeah and that's the sort of thing i was i was looking for really something really quite obscure uh, and i that I, I think it's something that we'll go back to again trying to maybe look every now and again at something a bit more unusual that people may not have seen um the match in question is the tennessee street fight from the was it may 9th 1991 episode uh, may uh, 6th I may think. 6th okay may 6th 1991 episode of 
Global Wrestling Federation on the WWE Network. To find this, you need to go to the Territories tab, click on that, and I think the Global tab is one of the very last ones on there. They haven't got many episodes, but scan through and you can find this episode and this match. We have Dr. Tom Pritchard, brother of uh, Brother Love Bruce Pritchard, Mm-hmm. tagging with stunning Steve Austin and they are facing the team of Jeff Jarrett and Robert the Tennessee stud Robert Fuller who was also Colonel Robert Parker for a while in various different companies as well and Tennessee Lee I think he went on to be in the WWF as well he at one did stage. and uh, he uh, famously shit his pants in a, a war games match yes yeah, what a brilliant time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be honest with you, Mags, even though it was only sort of 10 minutes, I, I kind of enjoyed this. Yeah, I ended, I mean, up, watch- I ended was- up watching the whole episode, but their match itself were covering, I-, I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it was very uh, rough around the edges. Um, mm. um, and I was actually a little bit confused when we when we went to this match, because obviously with the with the network, you can literally go to the beginning of each match with uh with the the links uh but we actually end up we're we're in, in between the matches almost like the match has already started and we're kind of like joining it late so i thought oh something's gone wrong here so i skipped back to the the previous match uh el grande pistolero versus terry daniels to make sure i hadn't missed the beginning so i watched that whole shower of shit that was terrible wasn't it yeah i mean it was it was god awful. Uh, I mean, Terry Daniels looked like he could have been uh, a big star. Uh, I don't remember anything coming of him, so I assume he, he didn't. But yeah, then we 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 essentially get like a little promo package from from uh, from whoever the, the 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 kind of analysts were, and, and we get thrown in halfway through a match essentially. Yeah, Michael St. John was the host Michael of St. the John, show. That's the, that's the guy. Yeah, with his glorious moustache and fantastic delivery. Um, he, I, I, like I said, I ended up watching the whole episode of, of this Global Wrestling Federation show. And in one of the matches, he doesn't talk about what's on screen at all. He literally, <laughs> they're, they're plugging a match. That was, they're talking about a match that happened the previous week at the Sportatorium between Jarrett and somebody else. And it was such a bloodbath, they're not allowed to show it on yes. USWA television. Yeah, he mentioned right. that a hell of a lot in the El Grande Pistolero versus yeah. Terry Daniels match. Right, so he's spending a lot of his time in this very short show. I mean, it's, it's obviously an hour long when they broadcast, but on the network, they're taking the adverts out. So you're looking at, what, 41, 42 minutes, something like that. Something like that, yeah. He spends a great deal of his time talking about this match that they were not allowed to broadcast. A so you won't in be a lifetime match. Yeah, well. you won't be seeing it. You won't be seeing it. But I'll tell you what, it was bloody great. Is is the sort of thing he's 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 doing. Yeah. And then he spends the other half of his time talking about a match that is also not going to be broadcast that they're filming next week at the Sportatorium. Um, and they're not going to broadcast it because it, that's going to be too bloody and aggressive as well. Now I understand with the second match, he's thinking sell tickets, get people into the arena to actually watch the match. But when you talk about the match that's already happened that you're not going to air, and then you talk about the match that you're not going to air that's not happened yet, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you've got wrestling matches going on right in front of you. Yeah. It, it just it, it baffled me. The, the match you're talking about, is, uh, it was Jeff Jarrett and uh, Eric M. 
Embry, I want to say. Yes, that's yeah, that's right. And he was that, it was so brutal. We can't even show you two seconds of it on this TV, but just believe me, it was absolutely amazing. The best match you will ever see. Uh, I think it was for the USWA Southern Heavyweight title, and uh, Jarrett lost his belt. Yeah, that's right. And he was actually on that Eric Embray or Embry or whatever. He was in a tag match, I think, at the opening of this episode. It of, was. Yeah. With the boogeyman. That's right. Yeah. But not that boogeyman, if anyone's thinking yeah, a, of a the... different, A better boogeyman. One yeah. that maybe didn't eat as many worms. No. And he did. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it now in, in, in 2021. Am I allowed to say Ninja yet, Max? Is it still banned from the whole Turtles thing back in the day? But. Um, <laughs> Let's see what the sensors say. <laughs> yeah, okay. And the network will beep it, won't they? <laughs> um, yeah, he was like, he played like a ninja character with a hockey mask and called himself the Boogie Man. Um, but trust me, this match with Eric and Jeff Jarrett that was supposed to be the greatest match of all time, but you'll never get to see it because they won't allow them to air it and all this sort of stuff. It's the most hard-hitting, wonderful match ever. If you watch the match of the, with this Eric Embry in the tag match in the opener, trust me, there is no way that guy was in a match that good. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that ever happening. Um, <laughs> something I picked up on in the match we had to, the, to watch for today's episode, Max, Jeff Jarrett looks great here, doesn't he? Obviously, he's younger than when you see him popping up in like the WWF and so on. But I think Jarrett looks amazing. Yeah, he definitely had that kind of like blonde-haired, baby-faced look for him. Uh, one thing, I mean, going along that line, one thing I noticed was Austin looked the same age as he did for the majority of his WCW and WWE run. Uh, obviously, just with a little bit more hair. Yeah. Yeah, and he looked huge, Austin. Obviously, the guys around him aren't giants, which I suppose helps with that. Jarrett's only, what, six foot-ish, I guess. Yeah. And the other, the other guys aren't very big either. Uh, I think Tom Pritchard's even shorter than six foot, potentially. I think, so I Austin, think in the match, Robert Fuller might have been the tallest. I think he was yeah. just a, a tad taller than Austin. Yeah, but Austin looked like an absolute giant, a really yeah. broad-shouldered, just in comparison to the other guys around him, I guess. Um. This is supposed to be a Tennessee street fight, but yet we're tagging in and out. Yeah, well, those rules applied when it when it suited, and then didn't apply uh, when it suited. There was I don't think there was ever any kind of like punishment for for not not tagging in and out because the the ref was very lenient. One thing that really stood out to me before we even got to the action though was they liked denim. They really oh. really enjoyed wrestling in denim uh, in Tennessee. Denim, cowboy boots, and I think Austin even had a pair of Reebok trainers on, so he looked like he'd literally just come from uh, running laps. Uh, yeah, yeah the, this is because it was a street fight, though, wasn't it? Ah, yeah, because you, you wear denim and cowboy boys in the in, in cowboy boots in the street. Yeah, I get it now. With knee pads, silly me. Yeah, with knee pads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the knee pads were really weird, weren't they? Like, oh. On the outside of the jeans as well. Yeah, and Austin, it looked like. Austin had like holes in the backs of his jeans mm-hmm. and it looked like he had like wrestling tights on underneath. He definitely had wrestling tights on underneath or um, it, Mrs. Austin has bought him some of the wackiest underwear known to mankind. <laughs> Perhaps that's what it is. <laughs> um, the crowd cracked me up here as well because there's a huge group of really enthusiastic ladies in the crowd mm-hmm. and they're all, but they're, it's like, 
it's like old school wrestling crowds, I guess. They're all sat down. None of them have stood up, but they're all really behind Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. They think Jeff is the and guy. They're all middle aged as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. In fact, I'm sure there was at least one woman knitting whilst watching the wrestling. <laughs> that's I don't I'm I'm positive I saw someone knitting. Yeah, there was a very this was a very old female crowd. But they they gave it all gave they added to the match because they were really behind Jerry. We got a lot of like go Jeff go chants uh, all the way through the game. He was certainly the the kind of living up to the golden boy uh, name that he got. Um, so yeah, I mean they were a very Jarrett uh, centric crowd. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Go Jeff, go go Jeff. Yeah. Oh, we just kept hearing it over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now all you hear is "fuck off, Jeff, fuck off." <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's just promoters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Austin breaks out a bear hug at one stage. That was interesting. Mm. I, I thought Austin was actually, for me, he felt like the the weakest actual wrestler in this match and i know it was black when he was really cutting his teeth in in wrestling so uh it's it's totally understandable but um i, f- I felt that he was the, the weak link in this in this match uh, there were a few times when you could see that uh dr tom was kind of guarding him and, and being the ring general uh for for austin so uh kind of like showing him how to control the match which when we see in his later career he, he became uh, an expert at but yeah you could tell this was new and very green austin mm, yeah definitely um robert fuller i thought looked good as looked good as well to be fair when he was in the ring i've yeah, not really it, seen it, the guy wrestle before yeah he didn't get a lot of action he played that kind of like that hot tag uh, character really well. I mean, he got uh, some action with, in the beginning with the boot, taking the boot off, and that was a, a fascination that that happened a lot in this match. Like, I've never been in a fight uh, where I felt I'm going to take my boot off and, and jab the person <laughs> in the air with the boot. I don't know how that's a thing. Surely it makes more sense to leave the boot on and maybe kick the person or yeah. stomp the person. I don't get taking the boot off to jab him with it. Yeah, that that kind of didn't make sense. But yeah, uh, Robert followed that kind of like uh, hot tag guy. Uh, he did really well. I think essentially they all played the roles pretty well. Jarrett was brilliant at the kind of facing peril. Um, I thought he, he really did a good job. Uh, Dr. Tom was uh, was good as their, their team's kind of like powerhouse almost. Um but uh, it was a, it was an interesting match. It went a little bit kind of um, shenanigan-y for me uh, with the the chains and the, and the the belts and stuff like that. But I still enjoyed the match. See, I didn't I didn't get that chain bit. The, the commentators there going, Jarrett's got a chain, and I was literally sat in the front room. Why I was going, has he? Where? I think it was Doctor Tom that had the chain. He wrapped it around his hand. Uh, okay. Okay, right. I was like, where, where, where's he got the chain? Where did he come from? Where did, the, where did he get the chain from? Um, who knows? The chains are us, I would assume. Chains are us. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his own chain guy. He's got his own supplier. Um, from us, it came from us. Chain wrestling. Yeah, that's it. We are. That's a sideline there, isn't it? We should make our own little <laughs> chains. Jeff chain. Jarrett endorsed. <laughs> 
you know, Jeff Jarrett endorsed chains to go along with the cream soda cologne and our egg sandwiches. Um, ain't chains great. Ain't chains. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I mean, again, there's, there's not masses to sort of cover, I suppose, because the match is relatively short. Um, I ended up, like I said, watching the whole show. This was, I think, the best match on the show. Um, the rest of the show was pretty dire. Um, but I did enjoy having that sort of 40 minutes going back, looking at a little independent territory in 91, seeing some of the guys there. And I always end up Googling people to find out what happened to them, um, whether they actually did anything in wrestling or they just sort of in and out and so on. So I, I, I enjoyed the little sort of nostalgia trip, I guess, Mags. Yeah, same. Um, and I, um, I actually enjoyed the, the finish of this, in, in not in the terms of... It was a well worked finish because it really wasn't. Uh, it, it looked very botch heavy, but the fact that they really tried to sell that this was a metal briefcase when um, it the, the kind of giveaway was the fact that they didn't uh, gaffer tape the bottom of it up so you could see the leather briefcase underneath the silver gaffer tape. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the finish was good. Everyone took a, a briefcase to the face. Uh, and then uh, uh, Jarrett and Fuller cover Austin for the for the win. Yeah, yeah, and everyone went home happy. All the ladies knitting, Definitely. all over the moon. I wonder how many knitted their own Jeff Jarrett scarves. Oh man, I want a Jeff Jarrett scarf now. I definitely don't. You could have mine. <laughs> what about a Jeff Jarrett scarf <laughs> knitted? But the way that but the, the, the double J is written in chains. That would be so cool. That would be cool. That'd be amazing. For, for you to have. We're, oh man, we're on a merchandising roll. <laughs> <laughs> I could retire in the year. <laughs> um I suppose then, Max, the next thing is for us to rate this one out of ten, like we normally do. Um what are your thoughts, buddy? Okay. Well, and I really enjoyed, like you said, going back on like a bit of a nostalgia trip, something that we've never watched before. We don't know the context of it. Um, we have no kind of bias towards uh, like our, our memories of it. Um, saying that, it was not the best of matches. Uh, we've seen a hell of a lot better, um, but we've also seen a hell of a lot worse. It was cool seeing these people before they really became huge superstars in wrestling. So um, that was that was fun. Uh, but I'm, I can't really go higher than maybe a five. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. Um, I've gone a touch higher myself. I've gone five point five. I looked at previous scores and the notorious reinforced cloth straight jacket steel cage match that we had on episode one we both gave that a five mm-hmm. um i think i enjoyed this a little bit better than that but then the hogan you are wrong to say that really you enjoyed the the straight jacket steel cage match as much as this super power uh scott Steiner ripping out of out of straight jackets what is not to love Fair point, mate. Fair point. But I didn't enjoy it as much as the NWO versus Rock and Austin, which we gave a six. So I think five and a half is probably about right for me, my friend. Seems fair. Yeah, that's it. Um, 
the next thing obviously is is exactly that the next thing is where we go next now for this week we decided mags and i that it might be an idea to let you wonderful glorious people out there in twitterland who listen to the show and get involved to potentially put forward a few ideas as to where you might want to go links wise from this match we've got a handful here that guys and girls well guys most i think we're very much a sausage fest when it comes to listeners <laughs> <aren't we>? it's, uh, <laughs> um if there are any ladies listening i do apologize for that comment i don't mean that uh, in any way as disparaging you are, you, to you you're desperate to be cancelled by this episode <laughs> maybe mate maybe i won't get cancelled man I, I i hate brad shepherd too much i'm on a quest that's to, that, uh, is, that is very true that's my saving grace because he's a bellend we have <laughs> um so yeah we had a few uh suggestions from you wonderful people out there as to where we can go next and me and mags thought that we'd have a little run through them and between the two of us we'd pick a third option from you listeners to go up against mags and i's selection um like i said we've got a handful here i'll uh, run through them now mags okay go for it um ricky and clive wrestling show clive said how about jeff jarrett versus kurt angle the battle for karen <laughs> um obviously using jarrett himself as the link there uh utt rob also going down the tna kurt angle jeff jarrett route um jeff and karen jarrett versus kurt angle and china at tna sacrifice 2011 i don't think i've ever seen that and i'm not gonna lie the idea of watching karen jarrett wrestle at all and china wrestle in 2011 doesn't appeal (laughs) i i i I have to agree with you Mm. um we got a couple here from um mill chris we have uh, this match appears to be some sort of a street fight. How about moving to the Starcade 90 street fight between Doom and Anderson and Wyndham? Still holds up as one of the best street fights ever. Now, I like the sound of that because yeah. late 80s, early 90s, WCW is right up my street, mate. So they've got potential. Um, another from Milwaukee's. Uh, as this match features a doctor, obviously with Dr. Tom Pritchard, how about we follow this up with Dr. Isaac Yankum, SummerSlam match against Bret Hart. And I know that you said that you'd be up for that, but you wouldn't be able to sway me, Mags. Um, I mean, it, that sounds like the, the best option so far for me. Okay. And then our good buddy, Dan Griffin. This match features Steve Austin in a tag team. Therefore, I'd be led to his time in the Hollywood Blondes. I'd then be led to Clash of the Champions 23, the 16th of June 1993, he says here, where the Hollywood Blondes defended the WCW stroke NWA tag titles against Ric Flair and Arn Anderson in a two out of three falls match. Now, I've not long ago rewatched this, and that is a very good match. And again, early 90s, WCW is right up my street. Um, however, a great pick. Yeah. And the only thing that would go against that match for me is it kind of has a bit of a schmozzy non-finish to the two out of three fours match, which kind of makes me want to eliminate that one, Mags, if that's okay with you. That, that I mean, that's your prerogative. Uh, kind of like, spoiled it for me because I didn't know the finish. So cheers for that. 30 years on. Spoilers. You can't be calling spoiler alert on something that happened in 1990-fucking-three. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a two out of three fours match. I think it goes two straight fours as well. That might be wrong now. I'm not sure. Um, but it is a really, really good match. Don't get me wrong. It is really, really good. The Hollywood Blondes are fantastic. Um, yeah, absolutely. The one I think that appeals to me, oh, I don't know. I, I like the idea of seeing Doom up against Arn Anderson and Barry Windham because, again, that's right up my street. That's the sort of era and company I love. I, I, I don't know. What are you thinking, Mags? I'm thinking either that one or the Isaac Yankin one. Um, okay. Okay, we've just had a tag match um, that was a street fight. So I suppose if we go with Starkey 90, it's another tag match that is a street fight. So shall we go with Isaac Yankin against Bret Hart? As I said, <laughs> something slightly different to the street fight? Let's do it. Okay, uh, so our... I did say wrestling Twitter would send us some horrific picks. Um, and w- that's not a good match, but, uh, we'll, if it wins, we'll, we'll certainly go through the torment of watching it. Why, why are you suggesting it? If it's not a good match, you knob, <laughs> because, <laughs> because in, I have to screw you over. And in, and in that I have to also screw myself over. So it's one of those kind of things where you have to take a bullet. Yeah, we could watch Arn Anderson and Barry Windham from 19... Put that forward. I'd be happy enough to watch that. <sighs> we'll, we'll go with the Barry Windham. No, it's all right. It's been decided now. Let's oh, watch Dr. Isaac Yankum. Okay. Well, it might not win yet. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. It That's, will win. It probably That's... will, yeah. We'll get stitched up. <laughs> That's the, uh, that will be our third option on the poll then. Um, well done, Chris at Millwall Chris on Twitter. Um, the first person besides Mags and I to actually have an option on the chain wrestling pole. You lucky, lucky fella. You're history one of the maker. history maker. He's one of the cool kids like us. He, he can have a knitted Jeff Jarrett scarf. We will um, now put forward our choices. Mags, do you want to go first or second, my friend? Uh, as always, I'll go first, uh, lay the groundwork. Um, now, this is the most tenuous of links that, that I remember doing, but I wanted to <laughs> give a bit of bit of love to um to my fallen comrade in Badlands, uh, Paul Toller. Um I've spent the best part of two years giving him abuse for being a, a Charlotte Flair fan. Um, oh, okay. so I think it's only fair if I um repay that and um, we watch a Charlotte Flair match. So I had to find a way of linking uh, a Charlotte Flair match to this this match. Uh, and it was a bit of a struggle because obviously there are two totally different eras of wrestling, um, two totally different styles, um, but I've, I've got there. So the way I've got there is the fact that uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard uh, is part of a wrestling family uh, with his uh, with his brother Bruce being involved in in wrestling, and Charlotte Flair is part of a wrestling family with uh, uh, Pops being one of the the greatest wrestlers ever to enter the squared circle. So the very very tenuous link is that both matches uh, have a member of a wrestling family in them. Um, so the match I've gone for uh, is. I think it's uh, Charlotte's highest-rated match, uh, according to uh, uh, he who must not be ever questioned, Shagger Dave Meltzer. Um, Shagger Dave. It's uh, from 
WWE's Evolution pay per view from uh, late 2018, and it's the uh, the last woman standing match between Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Ooh, that is a great choice. Okay, just making a quick note of that. So Charlotte versus Becky at Evolution. Yep, correct. Okay, oh, that sounds good as well, doesn't it? We could see a dentist, or we could see last woman standing. So far, excellent it's stuff. Ironic that Charlotte's actually out because apparently she's having dental work. <laughs> that maybe is quite... it, maybe as it Yankum's doing the dental work. You never know. Oh, look at that! It just links all over the place, mate, doesn't it? This show chains was on chains. Chains, chains on chains. Chains on chains on chains. Absolutely bloody wonderful. Um. Right. Okay. Where I would like to go then, Magsy, my friend. Uh, Jeff Jarrett is going to be part of my link here. He wrestled against Sting, quite famously headlining a Bound for Glory pay-per-view in 2006 for Impact in a title versus career match. Um, I think that's probably, considering there was a world title and a career on the line, I think that was probably one of the biggest matches between Jarrett and Sting, they obviously met a couple of times in WCW as well, but um, potentially that, even though it's in TNA, potentially that's a bigger match because of the stipulations, I'm not sure. Either way, Sting has been around for a long, long time, wrestling for various different companies, um, but mainly spending his time in the NWA, WCW, and that side over there. Um, when he first started out, though, he was not... Um, not with that company. He was actually in a tag team. Yes, can you remember? Can you remember his tag team partner? Get fucked. <laughs> his partner was also part of another big tag team. His partner joined Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam '91 to form a tag team, and that tag partner of Sting's was the Ultimate Warrior, and he helped Hulk Hogan save the world in 1991 from Sergeant Slaughter and the evil Iraqi sympathizers. Isn't that glorious? I mean, I've. I hate every word of that that you said, but I have to give you props for for coming up with that link. You oh, we're not doing it. Though. We're not doing it. Though. Oh. <laughs> we're going to go somewhere else, mate. We're going to go somewhere else. But it does actually involve Sting. It does involve Sting. Um, and I'm going to use somebody I don't think either of us have ever used in a link before in all 20 plus episodes we have done. And that is um, Robert Fuller. He, he, a couple of years after this, 1991 is the match we just watched. A couple of years after this, he joined WCW. Um, and in 1993, he was working in WCW as Colonel Robert Parker. He was managing Big Sid, whereas Psycho Sid, Sid Vicious, Sid Justice in the WF. Um, Sid, t- well, Sid was teaming up at the time with Vader and Vader's manager, Harley Race. Um, and they were entering in a really odd, obscure, strange feud with Sting and the British Bulldog, who the Bulldog basically had literally enough time for a cup of coffee in WCW, who was there and gone over the course of a few months in 93. But they headlined a pay-per-view. They headlined Beach Blast 93. The only the only pay-per-view, I think, that went by the Beach Blast name, I think after that it was changed to Bash at the Beach, 
potentially. But um, the match I'd like to go to using Robert Fuller or Colonel Robert Parker, as he was known a couple of years later as Sid's manager, would be to have a little look back at some proper cheesy early 90s WCW. Sid and Vader versus Sting and Bulldog from Beach Blast 93. And also included in that Beach Blast 93 pay-per-view and part of the build-up for this match is the wonderful mini-movie WCW made, which involved midgets, uh, fake sharks, bulldog rescuing Sting from a boat after Sid and Vader had plotted to put a bomb on it. All sorts of real daft, cheesy, early 90s Baywatch nonsense. And Sting and Bulldog vowing to get their revenge, not by calling the police for them trying to kill them with a bomb, but no, beating them at Beach Blast. So that would be my option, Magsy Mate. It sounds like a, a, a great option. Um, I think it was the second, actually, Beach Beach Blast. I think there was one the year before as well. Um, oh, yeah, with Rude and um, Steamboat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great match. Oh, bugger, I could have gone one further and done Rude Steamboat. I mean, you could have stuck with the Austin linker because on this very card you've got uh, the Hollywood Blondes uh, taking on the four horsemen of Paul, Paul Roma and Arn Anderson. That's not the if, if Paul Roma's involved, it's not the four horsemen. I'm not having that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the much maligned uh, Paul Roma. <laughs> yeah, the, the, actually, that that show, Beach Blast '93. You look down, you look down it. It's quite a good, quite a good show. It's it's got some really good stuff there. There's oh, an iron. Oh, there's definitely on paper. There's there's some really good matches. Yeah, but I just want to get everyone to have a little watch of the movie with, with the midgets and the sharks and stuff, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I thought we were going to have a giggle at that. So Three very good and very different picks for the, the listeners to, to choose from. Very much so. We'll have a quick run through, a quick uh, quick count back through them. We have Mags's selection of Charlotte versus Becky Lynch, last woman standing from the Evolution pay-per-view. Uh, what was that, Mags? 2018, did you say it was? Yep. Uh, October 2018, yeah. Yeah, so Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch in a last woman standing match there. Um, We have the listeners option this week selected by Millwall Chris. I mean, I'm not saying that the listeners option is going to be a regular thing. It's just something we thought we'd try out because we're feeling generous, Mags, weren't we? Um, We were. And and we've now got Isaac Yankum versus Bret Hart. So our generosity may very, very quickly withdrawn. Yeah. You've pissed on your own chips. This is why we can't have nice things. Correct. Right? Uh, yeah. Isaac Yankum versus Bret Hart from SummerSlam at 1995. Or finally, we have... Um, Sid and Vader, the masters of the power bomb, as they were called, versus Sting and the Bulldog from Beach Blast 1993. Midgets, bombs, boats, and all. Um, yeah, so that's it. I think three very different, very unique, and could be great fun options to look through, Mags. Certainly are. Uh, before we depart, then, my friend, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you on the old Tintranet? Okay, well, you can find me currently drowning my post-Badland sorrows with my uh, new connoisseur whisker at DJ Kirby. I can imagine, actually, now, you sat there mopey, taking pictures 
you know, black black and white because it's like, you know, moody, sort of sultry image of you with whiskey. And up it goes on buffburnleyblokes.com or whatever. And whilst we've been talking, I did Google that and there's no such site, sir. (laughs) Not yet, there isn't. Not yet, not yet. Sponsored by Chain Wrestling and Knitted (laughs) Spots. Um, you can follow the show at chain underscore wrestling on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter is your best option though, because that is where the poll will go up, uh, somewhere between an hour and a day after this episode is released, get involved there with voting for your options for the first time one of three choices uh deciding whereabouts you want to go let us know your thoughts on the show any ideas where you'd like to link to next um and and ideas for future non-wrestling topics and obviously you can get involved with each week's non-wrestling topic as well as voting in the polls that's chain underscore wrestling um you can find me at sjp words and i'm off now to save albert square from shirley and the terror hawks so i must rush i will speak to you next week magsy my friend <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> <Terror Hawks. laughs>